Are you ready? Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, and Scott Robbins. We just become best friends. Yep. Making sense of it all. Oh, I get it. And having some fun. Lighten up, Francis. This is the Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins Show. All right, let's do it. The Markley Van Camp and Robbins Show. I'm Jamie Markley. They're Van Camp on vacation. There's Scott Robbins. Yeah. Well, before the big 4th of July weekend, yeah. which a lot of people have already kicked off, the Supreme Court making the people on the left very angry. Well, as they said in the news today, fireworks from the Supreme Court. <laughs> uh, yeah, Supreme Court ruled against Joe Biden and the administration on student loan forgiveness. It was another 6-3 to three decision. They ruled in favor of the states and Department of Education versus Brown that the HEROES Act does not authorize President Joe Biden to implement a student loan debt relief program. That's what he was doing, and under the guise of it's part of the, you know, funding. Yes. From the pandemic. I really want your votes badly. How about I pay off your student loans? Yes. uh, Sonomayor, Katenji, you know, you know that one. They uh, dissented. Of course. Yeah. I say that because that's how Joey described her. So basically what they're saying is, no, there is no nothing in the Constitution. You have to go through Congress to get this done. You just can't do it this way. How has it ever made sense? It never made sense. And I don't, I don't even think, I don't think Joe Biden or the Biden administration had any, any notion that this was actually going to make it through legal challenges. No, I think the whole play was, hey, if we actually get this through, we've yeah. got voters, if not for life, for a long time. Yeah. And then if it doesn't go through, well, this is a rogue court. Well, your victim's right. And this... and bad Republicans don't want to pay for poor people's education. That's right. They're mean. Right. Yeah, that's what it comes down exactly. to. Exactly. It's really a no-loss thing for Biden. He's going to talk about it here pretty soon, I guess. And, yes, Miguel Cordona, Secretary of Education, yes. saying this, this fight isn't over. It's unjust. No. Blah, blah, blah. But Congress will never see it through. They knew that. And they know it now. And so this was the last chance they had in order to obtain what, like you just said, so they could spin this thing. Well, the Supreme Court also ruled in favor of the Colorado graphic designer who did not want to create wedding websites for same-sex couples yeah. because of their yeah. religious convictions. Okay. Yes. And so something else that liberals are freaking out about right now. Oh, yeah. they've had This is the third thing from the Supreme Court. Now they're on recess, of course. So but, then, you know, the university thing, the situation with, uh, you know, the minority students. Oh, affirmative action. Yeah, to uh, affirmative action, to this, to this, to the cake. Or what are these people made cakes, right? No, this is websites. Oh, websites. Yes, they it was would... compared to the cake issue. Okay, yeah, all right. But making website is creative. Yeah. Artistic license. Yes. You know, and again... <laughs> And you've brought this up many times. If you're looking for a wedding website, you could go to a lot of different places. No question. A lot of times, if it's a person of faith, they're going to go to that person and make an example of them. Oh, they're discriminating against. Right. But it's usually not someone of the Muslim faith or any other faith. It's the Christian faith. No, right. And that's where they go after it. Um so Biden is going to be talking about this. Oh, already. yeah, and they're freaking out. I mean, they're they're doing what they do all the time. They're talking about packing the court again. They're talking about term limits on justices, which I find really ironic, considering you've got 1,000-year-old congressmen and senators who have been on their 18th term. Yeah, you that's know. hilarious. They're the ones screeching about term limits. Now, come on. Well, yesterday, so Biden does his big speech about affirmative action, 
how unjust it is. They're going to keep fighting, blah, blah, blah. And then he goes on MSNBC. Okay. And I don't know if you've seen the clip of this. It was weird at the end. He gets up and walks out on well, live TV. It's yeah, weird. It's, he's sitting across from, uh, what's her name, Nicole Wallace. Yes. And she's lobbing the softballs to him. Yeah. And they're ready to wrap it up. And she's like, well, thank you, Mr. President, for coming. He just gets up and walks away, and she's still talking. It hasn't gone to break yet. Yeah, and he just shuffles unnerving. off the stage. They're it's like, so yeah. weird. But the other thing he did, <laughs> I'll just play it for you. Um, he mixes up. Oh, yeah, I saw this too. The Declaration of Independence and the Constitution. Yes, he does. He this gets is it the wrong. President of the United States, too, by the way. Okay. Oh, yeah. yeah. It, it is, its, it's value system is different. Than, and it's, its respect for institutions is different. And in that sense, it is, uh, it is not as embracing of, of all what I think. The, con- the Constitution says we hold these truths to be self All men and women are created equal, endowed by their creator. It's the uniqueness of America. We never fully lived up to it. We never walked away from it. Wow, man. And, of course, she doesn't correct him because she either, A, doesn't want to embarrass him, or B, doesn't know herself. Yeah, Declaration just, of Independence. independence. Constitution, you know the thing. Yeah, he's been close before. You know, remember, it's not senility; it's not losing your mind; it's a stutter, which makes no sense at all. This guy plays political horseshoes all the time. As long as it's kind of close, oh, of course. All yeah. men and women created by go. You know the you know the thing. That's like the classic line, and he didn't learn from it. That happened again yesterday, while he was complaining again about the Supreme Court's decision on affirmative action as far as college admissions. You know, I've heard a really interesting interview on that yesterday. Um, And this is Jason Riley, senior fellow at the Manhattan Institute, um, black man, wrote, what was this book that came out like nine years ago um, called Please Stop Helping Us, How Liberals Make It Harder for Blacks to Succeed. Very smart guy. Um, He said the decision yesterday was great for everybody. This is a decision that makes America more just for everyone. No one should be discriminated against. Not blacks, not whites, not Asians, not Hispanics. Right. Makes sense. But I thought it was cool when he laid out the case um, why affirmative action was hurting blacks. I just want to roll this out and get your reaction, because I don't think you've heard this yet, Scott. Okay. Roll it. There, there's a, a, a study that was submitted uh, in one of the briefs showing that um, uh, an Asian, your, your typical Asian male student admitted to Harvard had about a 25% chance of admission. If you keep uh, everything about him the same, all of his credentials, class rank, test scores, and so forth, and simply change his race to black, his chances of admission went up to 95%. Have you heard wow, that before? Never. That's wild, man. Shocking. Yes. Wow. Well, and they were talking about quotas, and they could prove that there was definitely quotas going on at these universities, even though they said there weren't. Um, this was on Megan Kelly's podcast, and Riley goes on. Wow. Megan. So race was not just a factor or or some or a tipping uh, issue uh, that tipped the scales a little bit. It was the factor, and 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 it was wrong. It was wrong, and and, and when I talk about the harm that these policies were, were, were doing, uh, what, what, what they're essentially doing are setting up smart kids to fail. These kids are being, minority kids are being funneled into these highly selective schools to make their, 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 the, the college catalog look like America, to, to sort of uh, color code the campus. They're, they're window dressing. Yes, 
And I, I'll play another part of this clip. Yeah. But he talked about, like, in California in the 90s when they did away with affirmative action with college admissions. And the graduation rates for blacks went up because they were in schools where they could succeed. It wasn't the window dressing just, oh, well, we, we have to have our campus look a certain way. Right. Which you're setting people up to fail. I'm watching different reaction to this on liberal and mainstream news this morning. The legacy outlets, NBC, CBS, ABC, they never tell this side of the story. Well, no. <laughs> no. <laughs> because it's so slanted. Right. But if you're really trying to inform somebody, you would tell them this side of the story. And, and, and when you're a bad fit for a school, you're less likely to graduate. And to go on and, and, and have a profession and what you prefer. There was a study um, that was also submitted by uh, the plaintiffs uh, uh, by a Duke professor of economics who did a study of freshmen at Duke, another highly selective school. And he found that black males that were freshmen at Duke, about 76% of them expressed an interest in majoring in economics or one of the STEM fields, which was far higher than among white males. Okay. But only about 35%, less than half, actually ended up obtaining a degree in those fields. Yeah. I, I read the same thing. Okay. Well, well, the fall-off rate among whites was only about five percentage points. And he said the entire difference here was the entrance scores of the black students. Duke admitted some black kids who met the credentials of the average kid at the school. And those kids did fine. But Duke also admitted black kids who did not meet the average credentials of everyone else at the school. And those kids struggled. They dropped out. Yes. So they set them up to yeah. fail. Yes. And why? So you can feel good about yourself. Right. So Say, look at our right. diverse campus. Now, I read the same thing, that a lot of them also go through severe depression. They know why they're there. Ugh. They know they don't belong there. They're, they, but they also understand why they're there. And they get into it, and they're in over their heads, and depression seeks, uh, sinks in. And they end up dropping out, going home, never going back again to school. Then Jason Riley has seen this for a I long mean, this, time. This is why he wrote the book, Please yeah. Stop Helping Us. Yeah. This is, <laughs> this is why the merit-based system works. Absolutely. And, and by the way, the Ivy League schools aren't the only schools you can go to. You can get into a lot of different schools. Well, and we'll get into that later about yeah. sort of the elitist sort of attitude right. of, well, if you, if you don't go here, you're not going to be a leader tomorrow. And they're recruiting you to get in so they can feel good about their catalog when it comes out and how diverse they are. Of course. Yes. It's yes. ridiculous. You know, the, today, going into this weekend, this is the biggest and busiest day at the airport since 2019, before oh, COVID. I saw it this morning on the morning shows. Holy cow. Closures, a lot oh. of different problems. And have you heard about the wheelchair pre-boarding scam? N no. But, I, okay. I, get yourself I'll, I'll get into, into a wheelchair. Into, yeah. Guess what? You, uh, you may just get to the front of the line. Yeah. And you know guys, too, who have done, like, a, the great seats at the ball game this way. Oh, are you kidding me? Oh, no. I've known people who've done this. Yeah. No. Oh, yeah. How do you sleep at night? I didn't, I didn't do it. I know oh, that. Uh, I'm just yeah. saying if you do this, oh, they're yeah. doing it at the airport. We'll get to that story um, and much more coming up right here. The Markley Van Camp and Robbins Show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp on vacation. There's Scott Robbins. Okay, CBS News, by the way, had another story about the Biden family corruption scandal. Wow, what's going on over there? We'll get to that. Yeah. Coming up in well, the next 10 to 15 minutes. It's just wild to me CBS is actually doing this. I'm happy about it. Mm -hmm. um, mentioned busiest flying day since 2019 before yeah. COVID. And it's been a rough week.
thousands of flights canceled for a number of different reasons. You know, you had the Canadian wildfires, so then the heavy smoke over some cities, and then you've got severe storms in different parts of the country. You've had staffing issues. Um, There's a Wall Street Journal story talking about how United had some issues yesterday and said it had seen meaningful improvement um, to fix its schedules and match crews with planes. Um, And it expects delays and cancellations to decline, but they're not quite where they want to be yet. Right. Well, the story was they'd been trying to get this ready to go for months and still having difficulty. I think there's a number of reasons why we're still having staffing issues there. But one of the other stories that's getting some attention, and this is from Southwest, is that some people are using this wheelchair pre-boarding scam. Gosh, dang. (laughs) Have you heard about this? No, but I, I understand completely what they're doing. Okay. So it started with, you know, a person on social media crying foul saying, hey, um... Listen, there's 20 passengers boarding this Southwest flight in a wheelchair, okay, to get good seats. Right. Only three need a -hmm. wheelchair to deplane. Yep. This is ridiculous. So Southwest actually answered the social media post, saying, We're sorry for any disappointment, Paul. We work hard to maintain the integrity of the boarding process while providing appropriate accommodations for all who fly. Since many disabilities aren't visible, we're unable to question the validity of pre-boarding requests. So I says, well, hey, I need a wheelchair, all right? Yeah, I need to see if you really are. Stand up. <laughs> well, I can't. Well, let me see whether you can or you can't. I mean, you can't do that, right? There's no way you can do that. You can't. That's what How they're do you saying. you test for this? I mean, you can't. Yes, I mean, at some point, you're kind of hoping just the integrity of people. Well, no, you can't do that. But not a lot of times you can't. But again, man, I've known dudes who've done this that got better seats at baseball games. Were they friends of yours? No, they were friends of a friend of mine. They did it all the time. They'd go to they'd go to a Cub game or wherever, and they'd show up with a wheelchair. One of them sitting in a wheelchair, and they'd get that preferential, you know, right behind home plate seating. And, of course, you have to have your buddy gets have a seat, too. He's helping oh, you. Oh, my goodness. I mean, this, I'm telling you, man. I mean, I'm not suggesting you do that because I believe in fate and somehow you're going to really need that one day for what you just did. Yes. Of all the things you got to answer for on Judgment Day, I don't want that one along with the other list. No. Yeah. Well, so after this dude, Paul, posts this, then other social media users started chiming in. This is all in the New York Post, by the way. Uh, One user said, I sat next to a wheelchair pusher recently. Ask her, how many people do you think legitimately need a wheelchair? Answer, less than half. Most don't even pretend that they have a disability. They just want the perks. And then somebody in Vegas piped in, yeah, it looks like the airport in Vegas. My husband always calls it the wheelchair parade. So the people are doing this all over the place. So then the next day, this dude Paul puts another post out there saying, you know, people using wheelchairs... Uh, might not have needed them. Uh, here, how about some photos? And it was people standing and walking around before plopping back in the wheelchair. Gosh, dang it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, he said 14 people needed it to board, only six needed them to deplane. And again, Southwest uh, 
came back with a response saying, hey, Paul, our pre-boarding policy is in compliance with the ACAA requirements and allows us to provide appropriate accommodations for all who fly with us. Nevertheless, we regret you were disappointed with your experience. We appreciate you sharing your perspective. In other words, we can't do anything about it. Schemers and scammers, man, I'm telling you. Yeah. Wow. Because the customers who need a wheelchair must identify, quote, themselves as needing wheelchair assistance upon arrival to the airport at any connection points and upon arrival to their destination. And that's kind of it. Remember, for a while, it was the comfort animal. Right. Scam that was going yeah. on. Oh, yeah. So you could bring your dog on board. Yeah. You need some sort of documentation, right. blah, blah, blah. It was very easy to get a hold of. And then it was, you know, comfort squirrel and everything else. That It was all sorts of animals people were using. Well, people take grandma's parking pass and use it when they run to the Walmart so they can park in the handicapped spot. Nothing wrong with them. Oh, that's terrible. They just borrow it, and then, you know, they take grandma's, yeah. and they... Yeah, it's bad. It's insane. By yes. the way, if you are traveling... Um, there was a former hotel manager that was all over online talking about credit card scams. And you've fallen for one or two before. Yeah. So, thinking, Robbins, just as a public service, probably should just roll this out because she says this is what you want to watch out for. And I want to know if you're going to be honest, Scott. Okay. Could you have fallen for this? Roll right. it. Number one is if you get a call to your room and they say they're the front desk and they're trying to verify your card number because your payment didn't get through, that is a scam. Immediately hang up. Never happened to me, no. Okay. But if it would have happened, would you have said, oh, okay, well, here it is. I don't know. What time of the morning is it? Well, it's after my, you check in. So it's like call. five in the afternoon. Oh, I'd probably say, I'm going to come to the desk and I'll take care of it. Okay. How about this one? Second scam is, if you're in your room or you come back and you see that there's a menu that's been slid under your door, be careful because people are actually scamming guests by having them call the phone number, placing a food order, getting their credit card information, and never delivering the food because they're not at a restaurant. Yeah, watch out for that, too. Man. Something, isn't it? Oh, yeah. All right, we'll get to that CBS report about the Biden family corruption scandal and more about affirmative action. Great take straight ahead. All right, the Markley Van Camp and Robin Show. I'm Jamie Markley, the Gen Xer. David Van Camp, the millennial on vacation, the sexy boomer. Scott Roberts, a lot going on with the Supreme Court. They ruled, okay, you're not going to have to pay for somebody else's student loan. That's good. <laughs> You know, it's, it's just the framing of that question. That's what it I came mean, down America, to. Asking Americans pay to pay for somebody else's, else's loan. I mean, take everything else and th- put it, push it aside. We've never been asked to pay off somebody's loan other than the government's. Yes. It's like but, if you borrow it, you pay it back. If you don't pay it back, there are consequences to that. I know. It was like the whole case was, it's just so, yeah, but some people are in so much debt they can't get ahead. Right. And it's like, Is that yeah. everybody else's fault? I know. It's just, if, it you was, want, if you want me to say it's a scam, I've been saying that for a long time. It's a scam. Oh, absolutely it is. And because you've got to figure out how much are you taking out in student loans for a career that's going to pay you approximately what? And let's go after the universities for offering these know-nothing courses. Yes. And they know it when they do it. But I mean, it's just you know, if you want to, if you want to really do something and affect change, maybe that's the way to do it. But this whole notion that I can just go out and borrow a bunch of money and you're going to pay it back for me, there's no consequence to anything. Well, and how many of those people were talking about graduate degrees? 
I know that dude. That's exactly what I'm talking about. I mean, it's just we go through this, and you know, again, there is a lot of student loan attached to a lot of different degrees because you have to. If you want a master's, you want a doctorate. I mean, there are certain things you got to do. Yes, I mean, it's going to cost you some money, but it's an investment. I don't think a lot of those people were expecting to get paid back on it, to be honest. But if you have some, what was it Van Camp always said? Um, LGBTQ basket weaving degree in something. Yeah, right. Well, that's not going to pay much money. Why do I have to pay your eighty grand in debt? No. Doesn't make sense. So the Supreme Court ruled on that. I, I guarantee you, if tuition were priced at what the amount the the degree would you would receive every year. Oh yeah. If it had different pricing like that. It'd be a, a whole lot different, different world. Yeah, yeah I mean, as far you know, as who would actually go and, into and, those fields. And, and gets to, and, Right, or need student debt to do it. I mean, who knows? And the Supreme Court also ruled in favor of the Colorado graphic designer. Yeah. Um, who is Christian that didn't want to create wedding websites for same-sex couples. Mm-hmm. It was a religious freedom issue. And the Supreme Court ruled in favor of that person. Again, and so the people on the left are really angry, especially then after yesterday with... Yeah the Supreme Court striking down affirmative action for college admissions. And there's been a lot of talk about that. By the way, I mentioned about that CBS story with the Biden family corruption. I'll get to that in a second. But I wanted to play you this clip. Heather McDonald, Manhattan Institute, written a lot of books. She's a very smart lady. She was on Megyn Kelly's podcast also yesterday talking about this entire case. And man... uh, she had some really good points. And <laughs> it, it, how would I say it? It's best if I just play it. Okay. All right. And you, I want to get your reaction to it. Um, this is just her talking about the decision. If, yeah. if Harvard admitted students based on academic skills alone, there would be less than 1% black students at Harvard. That's because the skills gap is so great. Now, those students that wouldn't be admitted to Harvard with racial preferences will instead go to perfectly good schools like Amherst. Again, this this whole structure is based on such extraordinary academic snobbery and elitism. I'm amazed that so-called second-tier colleges put up with it because Harvard is basically saying, unless black students come here, their, their fate in life is sealed. They are doomed. By the way, do you ever hear that take anywhere? No. It makes a lot of sense. And the other part is she's just talking about percentages. There are people that take great offense to that. You're, you've got to be able to speak what the truth is. And, and you'll understand as you hear more of what she has to say. You know, they have no possibility of succeeding. UC Berkeley said that when the voters in California voted to ban racial preferences, the chancellor said, well, where will we get the leaders of tomorrow if they can't go to Berkeley? Well, they will go to the University of California at Riverside or Santa Cruz or Irvine, and they will get perfectly good educations. Again, Megan, I'm repeating myself. This does not prevent any black student from getting a college education. And that's exactly what you're hearing with legacy media. You're going to prevent all these people from going to college. Mm -hmm. You don't want these people to go to college. That is not the case. It's flat out lying to people. I hate that. Heather McDonald goes on to say... um, If Harvard really did care about black people, black students. If Harvard really wanted to say we'll be colorblind, but we still want 10% black student body, what it should have said is 
let's work on closing the academic skills gap. Let's change the academic culture within too many inner city black families that spurns academic achievement rather than studies relentlessly uh, in order to academically succeed. Uh-oh. Yep. <laughs> yep. How dare you get to the root of a problem? You know what Asian American families do in general? They put academics way up oh, yeah. as far as a value. I mean, we've seen this in numerous studies, interviews, everything over the years. There's no doubt about it. And if you have that kind of work ethic, why do you want to keep those kids out of schools? It just doesn't make sense. Well, and we've run into the same problems in business and other things, too, where in the Biden administration. Oh, yeah. You know, I mean, look no further than the Biden administration. Oh, goodness, yes. I mean, you know, he didn't Is hire it on merit? based on merit. It's not what he did. He checked off boxes. Yes. And that's how you got Pete Buttigieg edge. That's how you got the... Green uh, Jean-Pierre. Mellencamp, yeah. Um, well, and the it. vice president. And you got the vice president. Same thing, man. Yeah, Everybody what, knows it, too. I've always said, if you want to know how things work or should work, look at professional sports. It's look true. at professional sports. It's a great point. Who gets those jobs in professional sports? It's a the meritocracy. Best. The best do. Yes. 100% of the time. The NBA, MLB, NFL don't care what color your skin is. They don't care what religion you are. They don't care about anything other than can you play or can't you play. Yes, and it didn't used to be that way. But there were changes no. made and corrections yeah. made, and some people don't even want to recognize that. But in the effort to win more games. Of course. I mean, selfishly almost, you had to change, right? Well, yes, if you, you wanted saw to saw what was going on. You wanted to compete, so you did. But it was, can you imagine if you had an NBA team that went, eh, it needs to be 25% white? So, yeah. Or yeah, good in, luck. in the uh, Major League Baseball, it has to be X number of uh, Hispanics, whatever. I don't know. that that You can still probably compete pretty well. Well, you, absolutely, but you get the best of the I best. I understand what you're saying. You know, you don't, you don't try to fill. Hey, you, you guy up here, come on, you can play. Exactly. All right, to CBS and the Hunter Biden and Biden family corruption scandal. You know who Catherine Herridge uh, named in her story that I just happened to see this morning? Tony Bobolinsky. I was just going to say that, Bob. I was going to say, Bob, I didn't know that, but yeah. Yes, she writes in the story, Tony Bobolinsky, the former business partner of Hunter. And uh, um, the big guy, Joe, was open to testifying. This goes back to 2020. We already knew this, but it's being reported now, mm -hmm. which I wonder what is the play with CBS. I, I'm not quite sure. I'm not either. Is it part of, okay, It's not, we got to be done with the Bidens. It's the Democratic power brokers, and I know that sounds tinfoil hatty. All of a sudden, there's one legacy media outlet paying attention to this. Mm -hmm. So you got to wonder why. Um. But, yeah, it goes back to 2020 when Bob Alinsky reached out to the office of Delaware U.S. Attorney David Weiss. Weiss didn't return the calls. Weiss' decision not to bring Bob Alinsky in is the latest indication that prosecutors investigating Hunter Biden may have avoided investigating allegations about his father, Joe Biden. Yes. <laughs> well, and they go on to say in the story, um, contacted this week, by CBS News, Bobolinsky said he stands behind those statements where he said, I've heard Joe Biden say he's never discussed business with Hunter. That is false. I have firsthand knowledge about this because I directly dealt with the Biden family, including Joe Biden. He was the big guy. So this is really interesting. 
And then it goes on in the story to talk about the IRS whistleblower, Gary Shapley, and go, getting into the July 2017 WhatsApp message from Hunter Biden to Chinese businessman Henry Zhao about an outstanding payment. I know you talked about this the other day, Scott. Yeah. But, I mean, just to go over that again. Yeah. I am sitting here. This is from Hunter. I am sitting here with my father, and we would like to understand why the commitment made has not been fulfilled. Mm. Tell the director that I would like to resolve this now before it gets out of hand. And now means tonight. Little gangsterish. And Z, if I get a call or text from anyone involved in this other than you, Zhang, or the chairman, I will make certain that between the man sitting next to me, Joe, and every person he knows and my ability to forever hold a grudge, that you will regret not following my direction. I am sitting here waiting for the call with my father. The story's not going to go away. I don't no, think. it's not going to go away. But it is interesting how he never got a call. Nobody even bothered. Because they were covering. Yeah. For Joe, I mean, it's no. I mean, clear to a lot of us, but that's exactly what's going on. More on that a little bit later. It's that time of the show. We've got to go around. Well, it's just two of us today without David. But I was just going to say it. David's it's, not a, it's just back and forth on the table, not around the table. Uh, story that you saw may not be the biggest story of the day. But it caught your attention. What's your story, Scott? Well, well, I have several to choose from this morning, so it's kind of difficult for me. But an Alabama mother and son are left shocked after his lemonade stand was reported to the state labor department. Alabama, eight-year-old kid, hmm. set his sights on Disney World and decided hmm. to open up a little lemonade stand to help his family pay for it. Okay. Cam is the kid's name, and his mother, Crystal Johnson, were contacted by the Alabama Labor Department over complaint that the lemonade stand violated child labor laws. Oh, my Come goodness. on, man! <laughs> Needless to say, I was shocked and saddened by the fact that anyone found wrong with what I was trying to do. I was trying to do a good thing, give back to my community, and find out that someone instituted that I was trying to do that breaks my heart. Eight-year-old Cam said he started Lemonade Stand as a way to make money so he could go to freaking Disney World. I tried to ask my mom, can I go again? And she said, well, honey, we don't have the money. He said, so I thought I'd put this thing up, and uh, there you go. They shut him down. Unbelievable. Child labor law. I was just talking with some friends of mine the other day about working as a kid yeah. on my grandfather's farm. Oh, yeah. Are yeah. you kidding me? Yeah. Child labor Lemonade. Uh, my story, real quick, was just an interview that happened with Florida Governor Ron DeSantis on Fox because he said something that I think will resonate with a lot of people. It would drive people on the left crazy. Um, but he was asked about immigration and the border. You know, cartels are kind of running everything. Yes. So what does DeSantis have to say about that? I was literally in place in Arizona. There's a piece of wall that it just kind of stops. So the guy just goes on the other side of where the wall ends, look out. He just motions for people to go. There's no border patrol to be found. They're in town processing people. And so they're bringing product into our country. They're killing a lot of people. So one of the things that we, what I saw, the places where there were barriers, the cartels will actually cut through the steel beams and they'll smuggle in backpacks with a lot of drugs. So what I said is, wait a minute. We defend the territory of our own country. We'll have military. We'll have everyone down there. If you are in the cartels cutting through our fence to bring mm -hmm. drugs in, that's going to be the last thing you do because we're going to leave you stone cold dead. We are having adequate rules of engagement. Oh, daddy. Oh, hell yeah. Have you heard that before? No. Yeah, I was like, we that, will leave that you doesn't seem to be getting much cold dead. Yes. 
Cartel's bringing head pop through that door. I'll take it right off. There you go. Holy smokes. And again, I think that resonates with a lot of people. I'll tell you, you want stuff to stop. You've got a pretty good chance of it happening if that's the case. We're going to leave you stone cold dead. We- <laughs> Damn. What do you think about all the fentanyl that's come through the country and killed people? That's not humane. The humane thing lacks humanity. That's the way it is in every other country. Gary. Uh, yeah. <laughs> By the way, speaking of the military, we have a recruiting crisis. We'll get to that and much more coming up right here. All right. The Markley Van Camp and Robbins Show. Jamie Markley. David Van Camp is on vacation there. Scott Robbins. You know, heading into Fourth of July weekend for a lot of people. Because they'll be off Monday, too. Not everybody, right. but Not a lot us. Of no, we'll be here Monday. Heck yeah, we will. Um, all right. Yeah. Some people will say, well, it kind of sounds cheesy. Well, freedom isn't free, and you start thinking about that around Memorial Day, Veterans Day, the 4th of July. Mm -hmm. And, you know, the debt we owe people that have served the country. And I see the story in the Wall Street Journal about the military recruiting crisis. And in the headline, it says, even veterans don't want their families to join. You've seen this growing trend. Yes. Part of that is because of the wokeism that's going on in the military. Um, but you start getting into the numbers of this story, and it's concerning. They mentioned there was the patriotic boost to recruiting after 9-11. 9-11, yep. Um, but then after that, the military has endured 20 years of war in Iraq and Afghanistan with no decisive victories, scandals over shoddy military housing and health care, Poor pay for lower ranks that forces many military families to turn to food stamps and rising rates of post-traumatic stress disorder and suicide. And it also says at the same time, the labor market is the tightest it's been in decades, meaning plenty of other options exist for young people right out of school. So that's part of it, in addition to the wokeism. But it mentions China, which has around 2 million serving personnel in their military. We have a little under 1.4 million. And as the story goes, uh, we've seen China expand its military capabilities in recent decades, especially in the South China Sea. The most immediate threat is a possible conflict with China over Taiwan, which you talked about several times, Scott, which would require a rapid and sustained response from all parts of the United States Armed Forces. One department uh, or Defense Department official said, I've been studying the recruiting market for about 15 years, and we've never seen a condition quite like this. Well, also, there's been such a huge lack of patriotism, I mean, in this country. A lot of kids are taught to hate the country. They hate the country. They, they want no part of it. No. It's they sad. don't understand what it takes to, to maintain what we have. No. And they don't care. The Army in 2022 had its toughest recruiting year since... The advent of the all-volunteer uh, volunteer military in 1973 missed its goal 25%. Jeez. Navy expects to fall short by as many as 10,000. So, yeah, all concerning. Yeah, really much. It is. Yeah. I would guess a Trump or DeSantis presidency would cure a good portion of that. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Might sound simplistic, but no, I really believe yeah, that to too. be true. This is the Mark Van Camp and Robin Show. Are you ready? Jamie Markley. 
David Van Camp and Scott Robbins. We just become best friends. Yep. Making sense of it all. Oh, I get it. And having some fun. Lighten up, Francis. This is the Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins Show. The Markley Van Camp and Robbins Show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp on vacation. There's Scott Robbins. Robbins shaking his head. Why? I'll tell you, man. This whole the Supreme Court decision, rightfully so, six to three, to say no, you're not taxpayer. You're not in the hook for paying other people's debts, particularly student debts. Remember, yeah. that was a big Biden campaign promise. It was. I like the way Daily Wire had the start of their story. In a stinging defeat for the Biden administration. Well, it is. I Supreme mean, Court ruled Friday that the COVID-era HEROES Act did not give the White House authority to unilaterally forgive federally subsidized student loans. Yes. No, yes, no, it's it not didn't. the taxpayer's Problem. job no, to pay for someone else's student loan. Uh, I, and I was reading this article about this, and one of the disappointed borrowers, as they say, a guy by the name of Nick Marcil, racked up twenty grand for an undergraduate degree and a master's in education. Okay. But he's not teaching. Instead, he's now working as a community organizer for a group that seeks to cancel student debt. Certainly, he said, <laughs> this is a gut-punch feeling, but one by a court that shows its illegitimacy and lack of ethics. Calling the Supreme Court illegitimate because they're what? making you pay your debts back! <laughs> Another group that organizes debt forgiveness said there was, read this, I'll read this to you. Okay. With the pandemic, there's been an increase in rent, utilities, food, child care, and basic necessities. And now we hear that yet again, there is no justice for student loan holders who continue to be burdened by this debt. Justice? What are you talking about? The misappropriation of this language is sending me up the wall. You know what justice means? That's not justice. I suppose if you've been brainwashed to think that you're entitled to so many things that you're not, maybe you do think, well, this isn't justice. This isn't the way I've been taught it's supposed to go. Yeah. Well, you've been taught wrong. I don't know what else to tell you. I saw part of the dissent, um, and this was, oh, yeah. Katenji. Angie Brown-Jackson and Sotomayor. Yeah, fantastic. The court today decides that some 40 million Americans will not receive the benefits the plan provides because, so says the court, that assistance is too significant. Well, yes, it's not someone else's job to pay off your loans. And again, what they never talk about is how many graduate degrees you're talking about in this. A lot of the people it was going to help really don't need the help. No. But again... Where is all of legacy media out there to say, hey, if nothing else, the learning lesson here is if you're a kid going into college and you're going to get yourself thousands of dollars into debt, it better be in some sort of field that's going to pay you a lot. Yes. When you're done, it's got to be a smart investment, but no one wants to do that. No one wants to talk about the rising administrative costs at colleges over years. Look at those studies. How many of those jobs could be eliminated? Think oh. about if Elon Musk took over the universities and started going in the way he did Twitter. You could probably gut two-thirds mm-hmm. of the staff. Just a gut feeling. Well, and they're not responsible to anyone. A lot of times, no. You know, I mean, just 
I'm not trying to take anybody. No, no, no. I, job, I, I this argument is nonsense. But you know, it's a bad investment for a lot of people. If you're going to school, that again is going to pay you a lot of money. You can say long-term investment, really good. It's smart. Sure, that's great. But for so many degrees, it isn't. Mm-hmm. It's not worth it. And this whole lie that people have been fed forever, you just can't put a price tag on the college experience. What are you talking well, about? You, you can and you did. There is a price tag to the college experience. Well, to be out on your own. You know, and that, that freedom for the first time and responsible. You can move out of the house and get a job. Yeah. Take an apartment like Scott Robbins did way back in the day. 18 years old, baby. Yeah. Um, no, it, it's just... Do you feel like you missed out on the college experience? No, not at all, actually. No, not at all. But but what I don't, I can't wrap my head around is how you use inflammatory, inflammatory language like this, burdened by the debt. And this is coming from a guy who's got a master's in education... Who's a community organizer? Right. Congratulations, dopey. That master's helping you you out. Dumb decisions, man. Remember too, this was October last year. Biden, you know, he was thinking as far as how this goes legally. Come on. Yes. Well, that's what's going on right now. Litigation is is underway, and I don't think our 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 legal judgment is that it won't. But they're trying to stop it. Well, your judgment's terrible. Of course it is. Remember how many people at the time were saying that this is unconstitutional? You lied to people to get their vote. You got their vote. And when it wasn't ever going to turn out any better than this, you knew that going in. It's got to go through Congress. Congress will never approve it, so you're screwed. Well, I mean, the he, Biden team did tweet out just, I don't know, 20 minutes or so ago. Unthinkable. Of course. All the, all the, again, all the words. This fight isn't over. Of course it is. I'll have more to announce when I address the nation. Yeah, when's that? Is that today? Yeah. It's supposed to happen yet? All right. Yeah. I hope it goes better for him today uh, than it did yesterday when he confused the Declaration of Independence with the Constitution. Yeah, he really did that. The President of the United States did that yesterday. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And wasn't called out on it, by the way. Well, not legacy media. No. Well, not MSNBC. <laughs> no. Well, yeah, he went on MSNBC and he was complaining about yesterday's Supreme Court ruling yeah. about affirmative action as far as college admissions. Which, again, man, watching the coverage of that, completely different story here. But again, it's so infuriating to watch legacy media just lie to people by omission, by not giving another side of the story. As far as they're putting on people saying, we're going backwards as far as minorities in America and giving them a chance. And now there's going to be so many you know, black students that won't have a chance to go to college. That's nonsense. Maybe not Harvard. Right. You see Berkeley, maybe, but other schools? Yes. And I mentioned Megan Kelly's podcast yesterday. She had Jason Riley on, uh, Manhattan Institute, and wrote a great book nine years ago called, Well, Please Stop Helping Us How Liberals Make It Harder for Blacks to Succeed. And he talked about this MIT study. As far as black students go, I don't know if you've heard this before. This is another study done uh, a little further back of, of black students at MIT who were, um, you know, on, uh, they had scored in, in uh, the, the, the 90th percentile of, uh, of, of all black of all kids in the country, uh, white or black, on the math section of, of the SAT. So these are some very smart black kids. But among their peers at MIT, they were in the 10th percentile. 
in terms of their test scores. So kids who would have been hitting it out of the park at a less selective university um, uh, would have been on a dean's list at a less selective university were struggling at MIT. What, what is the point, Megan, of flunking out of MIT uh, yeah. instead of graduating from UC Santa Barbara? I mean, mm -hmm. what are we trying to do here? Uh, and, and, and yet this is what these policies are doing. They were setting up kids to fail and, and good riddance to them, good riddance to them. Yeah, because in the end, you wonder, well, what's it all about? I thought you're trying to help people. Right. You're, you really are setting them up to fail. Is that for rich white liberals to feel better about themselves? Mm -hmm. Oh, we have diversity. Aren't we great? Right. No, <laughs> you're hurting people. And I didn't see the thing you saw, Scott, about the mental health issue with flunking out of school. Yeah, well, they dealt with that because you're in over your head when you get there. You know why you're there, and you already are like, gosh, I don't belong here. Uh, but you know why you're there, and then you can't keep up with the classes, and your mental health suffers because you're flunking out of school. And you end up eventually dropping out and never returning to a college of any kind because the, the situation has been immensely tough for you to deal with. Wow. I mean, yeah, these are all true things, but, you know, again, in the brochure, you can cite the percentages, which looks makes you look really good. Oh, yeah. They don't care about they don't care about those students. No, no, I don't believe it for a second. No. Um, update to a story. Uh, we mentioned it yesterday. And what I'm more interested in as far as the actual story is actually your response to it, Scott. All right. Um, that Madonna was near death. She also had a big tour this summer, but she was near death and was in the hospital, yeah, ICU, hooked up to a ventilator. That's what I heard. And you suggested that you thought maybe it was just to get attention for this tour. Well, it's not like she's never done anything to gain attention and draw it to herself, you know? I mean, and you're 63 years old. It's a little tougher to take your top off, you know? <laughs> um, wow. Well, the, the update is she's still bedridden. That's what I hear. Fighting off bacterial and infection, vomiting uncontrollably. Yeah. I mean, I, I, you know, I wish her well. If, if, if this all is what they say it is, then I wish her well. I don't want anybody to be sick or hurting. Yeah. You know, but I, when you, your whole life is shenanigans. <laughs> I mean, you know, that's it's just, it's tough sometimes, man. We've become so cynical. I know. It's well, like when when a when a player says, "I've never taken performance-enhancing drugs." What are you thinking? Right, you're a liar. When Manana says, "Oh, I'm so sick," you're like, oh, "Okay, yeah, yeah, okay. yeah, yeah." So yeah, I think we all understand that. Okay, much more to get to. Oh. uh people flying are not happy with the FAA right now. We'll get to that and much more coming up. The Markley Van Camp and Robbins Show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp on vacation. There's Scott Robbins. Okay. We got a Hunter Biden update coming up in a bit. Want to get to that. Um, just some passengers around the country not happy with the FAA. Something they had <laughs> tweeted out. Well, well, yeah, I imagine they're not. Uh, the FAA tweeted out. Um, and it looks like the Jeopardy board, not oh, yeah. Jeopardy, sorry, Wheel of Fortune. Yeah, Wheel of Fortune. Solved the puzzle. Right. And it was easy to solve. It would be unruly passengers. Okay. And the tweet says, there's nothing puzzling about bad behavior on a flight. It doesn't fly and can cost you big cash or jail time. Hmm. Well, now. Feel like you got time to tweet this out. We got problems all over. You know right. how many flights have been canceled? Oh yeah. And you're worried about tweets and unruly passengers right now? Well, I want you to know, uh, Boot Edge Edge, our transportation secretary, is on it. 
He is. He's on it. Well, there have been, what, great improvements, but they never yeah. rest. They're always trying to improve. Prove it, and he's laser-focused. Yes. Yeah. What a disaster after another with this guy, you know? <laughs> I mean, seriously. The train thing. Yes. And they, this is the second time with the airlines there's been a cluster oh, going seven. on. Yes. You More know. than 9,000 flights have been canceled since Monday. And then he sends sternly worded letters. This can't happen. Well, it is happening. And to be fair, some of this is weather-related. Some of it is weather-related, but a lot of it also has to do with staffing. It does. And when you, the government decided that if you're an airline pilot and you didn't get your vaccine, and they leaned on the airlines to make it uh, mandatory, then if you didn't do it, then you were fired. You were gone. And there was no replacement theory there. It's like they just started firing people. Wait, wait a minute. We don't have anybody to fly these planes. <laughs> you know, I mean, they realized that later after the fact. Crazy. Yeah, it is pretty crazy. But another Biden cabinet disaster. One after another after yeah. another. Yes. Um, all right, we'll get to that Hunter thing in a minute. Also, another update in the saga with Anheuser-Busch and Dylan Mulvaney. Yeah. So the update yesterday was Dylan Mulvaney was saying, I'm breaking the silence. I can't believe Anheuser-Busch didn't support me more. Yeah. After, I mean, Look the what stock I did price has gone down. Yeah. I mean, and the sales are in the tank. What are the latest numbers? It was crazy. Yes. Oh, my goodness. And they're offering a special 4th of July offer. Did you hear about that? Free beer again? It's basically, yes. Yeah. Giving away beer over the holiday. A $15 rebate on a purchase of up to $15. It's free beer. I remember joking about that at like week one or two of this entire debacle. Yeah. They're going to have to give it away free. And they are. And still nobody wants it. That's really something, man. From, what was it, June of last year? What is it down? Over 27% in yeah, sales? and Crazy. And Heiser-Busch in general is down. I mean, it's just you completely wrecked a brand in five minutes. But, completely. But still won't apologize. No, no, no. Because they feel like they can't. They hem-haw around it and blah, blah, blah. So spokesperson yesterday... After Dylan Mulvaney said, you weren't there to support me, can't believe it, it was worse to fire me than never hire me at all. You know, for a company to hire a trans person and not publicly stand by them is worse than not hiring them at all. Okay. And so, Anheuser-Busch's statement says, uh, hey, we're committed to the programs and partnerships we have forged over decades with organizations across a number of communities including those in the LGBTQ plus community. Do you think that is going to do any good? No. <laughs> they just keep doing this. I, I don't understand. You would have been better off not saying a word. I, so many different times. Just yeah. sort of just lay low. Something. All you really had to do was say, you know what? We made a mistake. We apologize. We're sorry. That was it. That's it. Move on. Yeah. It's not, it's not going to recover overnight, but at least you got a better chance than this nonsense. Agree. Uh, the update on Hunter Biden. Now, this court filing yesterday outlines an agreement with London Roberts. Yeah. Does that sound familiar? Yeah, the uh, stripper that, <laughs> had, that bore the child, right? Exotic dancer, Scott. Yeah, okay. Okay. Was, but uh, Hunter's At daughter. At a gentleman's club. She became, not just some strip play. Gentleman's club. Right. They only allowed gentlemen in. Right. right. Anyway. Um well, Hunter had requested that his $20,000 a month child support payments be lowered, um, 
will continue to provide money as part of the settlement. Um, but he's also going to give some of his paintings to the daughter in this paternity settlement. <laughs> For what? I saw this. I'm like, I mean, really? Yeah, because, I mean, the reason people paid stupid money for those things is because his dad is Joe Biden. Yes, of course. Not the estranged well, granddaughter. What, what influence does she have over Joe? Well, I don't know if they, when they Why go to sell them, for? Yeah. if they think they're going to get influence or is it's actually going to be the daughter saying, hey, I want to sell these paintings. Because if that's the case, you're not going to get a nickel. Of course not. I didn't understand that one. If I'm the attorney, for attorney, I don't go for that one. They must know something we don't know in this. Yeah. Um, but it was made clear that Hunter agreed to assign the child a number of his paintings for a period of time, quote, which shall vary in size with a minimum size of 24 by 24. Yeah, so. That could be a little tiny. It could, it could be. Wow. The child shall select the painting which shall either be sent to the child or sent to a gallery designated by London Roberts. A gallery. The net proceeds of any sales of paintings shall be wired to an account designated by London Roberts. Wow. Two feet by two feet. Did you see him? Yeah, of course. Was I there did. anything special to your artistic well, I don't eye? Know. I don't know art like that. Um, I, no. There's nothing special about this guy at all. I mean, Worth you know. 500 grand? It's crazy, yeah, man. Of course this it is. is the Markley Van Camp and Robin show. Okay, biggest story today, Scott. Well, it's got to be the Supreme Court decisions. There were a couple of them. Yeah. One involving student loans, the other involving a website the, that will not host same sex announcements, I guess. Designed for them. Or designed for them. Yes. And that was struck down, too. That was in Colorado. That's where that thing started. Yes. You, so, you never anyway. hear this with a Muslim web designer. No. Or Sikhs or, you know, any any other religion. No, of course not. No, it's Christian ones that a lot of times yeah. get targeted. Well, and yeah. they target them. They know damn good well they're not going to, so they, they say no, and then they file the lawsuit. But more the left freaking out. Rogue court! Oh, yeah, I know. Yeah, some of the reaction... <laughs> it's hilarious. ...to the Supreme Court decisions we'll get to, and much more coming up right here. All right. The Markley Van Camp and Robbins Show. I'm Jamie Markley. David Van Camp on vacation. There's Scott Robbins. Okay, big story today. Supreme Court strikes down Joe Biden's student loan bailout. Yes, sir. It's not happening. Boy, that's several in a row from the Supreme Court. That's three. That's, I mean, that's three in a right bang, bang, bang. And now they're on recess this summer. Gone. Yeah. There'll be no more rulings this summer. Well, we can play the reruns over and over again. The whole attempt to forgive student loan debt through the HEROES Act. A lot of legal experts said you can't. that's unconstitutional. Well, that was the uh, COVID thing. Yes. Yeah. And so, yeah, there are a lot of people that have student loan debt, and it can be crippling. But again, and it's not to be insensitive, whose fault is that? Not I don't mine. know what you I, went I into. It. Yeah. So the taxpayer, the person that went into the trades out of high school, their tax dollars should pay for your student loan debt? Yeah. Doesn't make any sense. How is that fair? Was As far as the message you were just telling me off air right before we came back yeah. on, is that private or is that for public? No, no. It was sent to us on the show. We were talking about this. We've been talking about it all morning. But uh, one of our listeners uh, shared a story that his daughter... And his son-in-law both took out like 
$70,000 collectively in student loan debt that they have. They got married, got jobs, and the jobs collectively between the two of them don't pay more than $80,000. And now they're saying, boy, sure wish we hadn't have done that. Yeah. You know, and, and again, I mean, it... And I, I take nothing away from higher education. I'm a proponent of higher, higher education. I believe in it. I think it's a great thing to further studies and to learn as much as you possibly can. However, for the guy that Do does, you really, though, before you go on? No, no, no. I, I, in some cases, yes. I mean, okay, like both cases, of our daughters it. are in the medical field. Yes. That requires a lot of education. Absolutely. And it should. That's always makes sense Because you're going to be doing something that very few people can do, and you've got to be really good at it. You can't screw that one up, right? Agree. Yeah, so there, there's something to be said for that. And other fields, too, where you need maybe further education in order to succeed wildly, right? Yes. But for the, every, every guy like that, you and I, because we're both Midwestern guys, come from blue-collar backgrounds, but we have friends of ours who are making a pile of money being electricians or body men sure. or, or roofers or construction guys or whatever. Yeah. You know, and th- that's the path they took. Now, why should I ask this guy who went to a trade school to learn how, how to be an electrician to pay for that kid who came out with this worthless degree and is $50,000 in debt. Yeah, some liberal There's nothing arts equitable about that. There's nothing equitable about that. There's nothing fair about that. No. I mean, you know, we talk about fairness and equality and all this other nonsense all the time, except when it comes to this. And I'm somehow supposed to believe that I'm, I'm heartless and I'm ruthless if I don't agree to it. No, again, I'm not. And, and, and I've brought it up before. David's brought it up before. Yeah, you, know, you have. A lot of these universities, the big time universities, have a lot of cash, tons in the endowments. Yes. Why are you not going after them? Hey, these people are suffering. They got a degree from your school. Right. Their job right now doesn't pay jack. Go there. Not the person that went into the trades. Yes. Or anybody else. No, but for that guy who, you know, who maybe didn't come from the type of background that even afforded him a college loan. Yeah. And went out and just busted it and made a living doing something and worked his tail off and ended up succeeding. You know, again, he's got to be looking at this going, hey, wait a minute. What's, what did I do wrong? Well, and you look at the percentages of people that are in the field of where they graduated from college. Right. It's way lower than 50%. Oh, yeah. So it just doesn't make sense to a lot of people. No. And again, in some cases, it's a great thing, but it's not for everybody. No, it's not. And it's not up to anybody else to pay for someone else's student loan debt. No, it's not. So I was glad to see that. And then you had yesterday the big controversy with, as far as college admissions and affirmative action. And again, the way legacy media treats that story it's the sob story and they'll bring individuals on well this is really going to affect my family now they're going to not get into college well they never follow up to say not going to get into what college yeah are you talking about harvard you're talking about somewhere else because the lawsuit was harvard and north North Carolina. carolina yeah but it's so frustrating because as many people have pointed out hey wait a second in a lot of cases, this was hurting blacks. It wasn't just hurting Asian Americans, keeping them out of Harvard. Because, well, we just got too many of you people. Too smart. Right. we got to have diversity here. Right. But then you were putting minority students in there that really, as far as the skills involved to get through these classes, it wasn't there. And they knew it and didn't care. And then you got kids flunking out. 
where they would have been successful at another university. Yeah. But you don't hear that part of the story. Nope. Really interesting. We played some different uh, clips today from Jason Riley and Heather McDonald, both from the Manhattan Institute. This is Heather McDonald. She was on Megyn Kelly's podcast um, with another angle on this Supreme Court decision. Let's see what you think of this. Well, racist is irrelevant to a medical lab trying to solve cancer or Alzheimer's disease as it is to getting into a college. The preferences never end. You know, we point to to Sotomayor and say, well, you see, preferences worked. Well, no, they they didn't necessarily, uh, because who says she wasn't the uh, beneficiary of preferences throughout her post-law school career? In fact, she probably was. Mm -hmm. Uh, So we are now engineering, deliberately engineering mediocrity, if not outright negligence and malfeasance. We are putting our scientific competitive edge at risk by racial preferences throughout our society, uh, and especially in in the STEM fields. Yeah, and the thing is, you know, we're getting further behind in a number of different areas as a country, so we can feel better about ourselves. Right. By setting minorities up to fail in some instances, Mm -hmm. it doesn't make sense. Well, you don't deal with the consequences. I mean, that's always been the thing, right? I mean, you just you yeah. advocate for stuff and you walk away from it. You throw the grenade under the table and just walk away. I mean, you don't have to deal with the consequences of it. You did the right thing. You feel better about yourself. You don't care about what happens after that. You don't care. The thing is, you have politicians you know are going to lie. And the media is what's... I've said it a hundred times, man. That they just lie to people every day. And they don't tell the whole story. And so you have different people, you know, coming away from a report on NBC going, it's really terrible because these Supreme Court justices, they're they're just not very nice to black people. No. Are you kidding me? Right. I know. Oh, my goodness. Well, then you had, which I thought was funny. I mean, Elizabeth Warren, of all people. I mean, naturally, she's inflamed by this. She was outraged by it. I know she was. She lied about her heritage. There's a reason she's <laughs> called Pocahontas. Entry into colleges and, and other opportunities, the door was open because of that. This is crazy. It, it's like they just forget about their past. Man, oh, man. This is another story, man. I saw this out of the Wall Street Journal. <laughs> totally different topic. Here was the headline. Magic mushrooms, LSD, ketamine, the drugs that power Silicon Valley. <laughs> how many entrepreneurs and workers in Silicon Valley uh, take these drugs, man? It's just crazy how many psychedelics are out there. Who was it you were telling me about yesterday allowed their kids to take psychedelics? Oh, it was, uh, well... It Will was Smith. Will Smith, his mom, apparently. Will Smith's daughter's Willow or whatever her name is. I can't think of what her yeah. name is. Anyway, she said that her mom introduced them to the... She's a piece of work, man. Oh, buddy. Yes, routine drug use is. But you moved. better keep her out of your mouth. Out of your mouth. Maybe keep her name out of your slapped. mouth. That's right. Will Smith. Yes. Keep Will her name out of your down. mouth. Got that right. Routine drug use has moved from an after-hours activity squarely into corporate culture, leaving boards and business leaders to wrestle with their responsibilities for a workforce that frequently uses. Wow. Tech execs and employees who see psychedelics and similar substances, among them ketamine LSD, as gateways to business breakthroughs. Open your mind, bro. See the possibilities. Absolutely. Yes. 
Uh, so Carl Goldfield, a former sales and marketing consultant in San Francisco, who, according to the story, informally counsels friends and colleagues across the tech world on calibrating the right small dose for maximum mindfulness. So there are millions of people microdosing psychedelics right now. It is the fastest path to opening your mind up and clearly seeing for yourself what's going on. Jeez. So what's your reaction to that? Well, I'm a little stunned by that. Yeah, because you just don't think of it in that way of like no. business people. No. I mean, if you're if you're writing a rock opera or something, maybe. Yeah. Well, and it mentions Elon Musk, uh, people that had witnessed him using ketamine and others with direct knowledge of his use. And then, you know, other tech leaders saying, yes, this is, you know, it's it's a mind opener, blah, blah, blah. Um, Musk did say he believed ketamine is a better way to deal with depression compared to more widely prescribed antidepressants that are, he said, zombifying people. Well, they are doing that, yes, but... I can't speak to the psychedelics. Trying to, I think no. drug-free in a clear mind is probably the way to go. Yeah. I don't you know, know what this... Call old-fashioned. I've heard about this ketamine. It, it's not... Is it legal? Depends. Okay. Well, it said the movement isn't a medical experiment or a related investment opportunity, but a practice that has become, for many, a routine part of doing business. It comes with risks of dependence and abuse. Mm -hmm. Most of the drugs are illegal. Not all, but most. And remember that guy, the founder of Cash App, that was killed back in April? Yeah. Bob Lee? Yes. So before he was killed, he was part of this underground party scene known as the Lifestyle. I remember talking about that sometime after his death, where the use of psychedelics was common. Lee had ingested drugs, including ketamine, before his death. That's what the autopsy showed. But, there, you know, sometimes, you know, you think, well, we're all just kind of the same, right? Yeah. Uh, maybe to a degree, but at the same time, there's a whole other world out oh, there, yeah. man. That I mean, that yeah. you have no idea what that's even like. So just thought that was interesting. Um, another story out there. Uh, the guy that played Dwight on The Office. Oh, I saw this. Yeah. He's in person of faith. I, I didn't know that, by the way. He talks about what it's like in Hollywood as a person of faith. Oof. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing easy about that, no. Yeah. No, I don't think anybody looks at him as cool because of it. That's for sure. We will get to that. And a news update. Straight ahead right here. The Markley Van Camp and Robert Show. I'm Jamie Markley. David Van Camp on a well-deserved vacation. There's Scott Robbins. Mm -hmm. Big story today. Supreme Court struck down Biden's student loan forgiveness scheme, as they call it. Pretty much what it was. Yes. Want to hear something hilarious? Yes. Um, in the decision, uh, the Chief Justice actually used a statement made by Nancy Pelosi to bolster his <laughs> point. And I remember this. This goes back to uh, July of 2021. So in there his was, opinion, he threw her quote out there that, yes. this is awesome. All right. Well, AOC and her bunch at the time, we Joe Biden's got to do more for student loan forgiveness, please. Mm -hmm. And this is what Pelosi said at the time, again, that was used today. I, I, I don't even like to call it forgiveness because that in, implies a transgression. It's not to be forgiven. Get just freeing people from those obligations. The president can't do it. So that's not even a discussion. 
that not everybody realizes that. But even take it on top of that, suppose your family was not, your child just decided they want to, at this time, not want to go to college, but you're paying taxes to forgive somebody else's uh, uh, obligations. You, you may not be happy about that. Holy smokes. See, a lot of these liberals, it's not like it happened in 20 minutes where they completely lost their mind. It's a little bit more every year. Yes. And you can see what's happened in two years. <laughs> I mean, you can tell. Well, that's, uh, that's awfully damning, isn't it? Yes. He sounds like a conservative right there. Well, he again, he cited it. You well, know, you should Janet, have cited Speaker it. of the House, Nancy Pelosi explained, and then there's that clip. He can't do it. He knew he couldn't do it. Supreme Court has said he couldn't do it. Like, we knew that was going to happen, or at least we thought it would. I mean, sometimes you never know. But you need an act of Congress to, to have something like this happen, and he stands no chance of it happening there. So it's going to be very interesting when he gives his remarks later on to to the uh, to the audience how he's going to frame this right. and what his tough guy stop. image is going to be now. Well, and you know what he's going to mention. Mm-hmm. He's never going to stop working for hardworking middle-class families. Jeez. Oh, Got that right. Golly, do you well, make Pelosi that up? Sounded, already... well, yeah, dude, it's every time. <laughs> I know. Give me a break. Hardworking middle-class families. Plus, she sounded so vibrant there, too. You know, since she's Very no clear. longer the speaker, you don't hear from her anymore. No, not really. She's slurring just to a group of four or five people now. Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mentioned there was a story in the New York Post about Rain Wilson. Played Dwight on The Office. Yeah. <laughs> Just hilarious character. Um, talked about his faith. Saying faith in God freaks people out in Hollywood. Oh, yeah. It is the uncoolest thing out there. What a loser. Yeah, that's him. Just thought it was really interesting. We don't have much time to get into all of it. Um, he said, you know, uh, he's been discussing faith for a good 12 years. He said, frankly, I think it freaks people out. I think most of Hollywood especially comedians in Hollywood, talking about God is the uncoolest thing you could ever possibly do. Went on to say, comedians will call themselves nerds and say, oh, I'm so uncool, I'm so uncool. But the weird thing is, it's like Hollywood is about who's sitting at the cool kid's lunch table. And he has not done his careers any favors at all, which I would say is probably true. It was described by Hunter S. Thompson as a long plastic hallway. (laughs) (laughs) you kind of get it right yeah you do kind of get that all right we got to get ready for the big friday five okay friday five you know it's heading into fourth july weekend it's a four-day weekend for a lot of people Mm -hmm. not everybody but for a lot of people Yeah, for a lot okay so we were going over this yesterday it's a great list greatest songs of all time with either america or usa in the title oh wow yeah and i'll go ahead and say this it could be in parentheses as well. Either way. Oh, I think of one song in parentheses right now. That's weird. I bet we're thinking the same song. We probably are. Yeah. But just want to make sure that we were clear on that. Of course, we do the countdown every time by how big of a hit was the song or how iconic is it? Then does it stand the test of time? And then how much do you personally like it? Put it together. It's the Friday Five. Songs with America or USA in the title. And we'll kick it off next. Are you ready? 
Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, and Scott Robbins. We just become best friends. Yep. Making sense of it all. Oh, I get it. And having some fun. Lighten up, Francis. This is the Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins Show. The Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins Show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp on vacation. There's Scott Robbins. Friday. You know what that means. This time of the show. It's our countdown we do every week. Yes, sir. Friday 5, and it starts like this. The countdown is on. You know what this means? It's our favorite time of the week. Friday 5. It will test your head and your mind and your brain. On the Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins Show. The Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins Show. Okay, the Friday 5. We're heading into 4th of July weekend. You know what that means? I know what that means. We're going to do songs today with either America or USA in the title. we are. That's right. Happy birthday, America. There's some great ones. There are really some great ones. This is a good list. It's not easy to rank. Let's just get right into it. Let's go to Mary in Delaware. Hello, Mary. Hello, guys. Happy Friday. Thanks, Friday Mary. to you, too. It's great to hear from you. Yes, and happy uh, extended Fourth of July weekend, too. Yes, absolutely. You have big plans? Uh, just, you know, the usual fireworks, barbecues, and gatherings. Yeah. Excellent. Sounds like fun. Yes. All right, what do you got for your song today? For my song, I'm going to go with Born in the USA by Bruce. Oh, yeah. That's a big one there. No doubt about it. Oh, the competition is tough this week. Not cracking the top five. You were a top 40 radio at the time, Scott. Yeah, I was a cool rocking daddy in the USA. Yes. And that whole record, that was the biggest record of his career. Oh, gosh. Monster. So you had to play that all the time. I did. How many songs did you play off that album? Uh, like six? That one, I'm on fire, cover me, dancing in the dark. I'm missing something. Oh, Born in the USA. So, uh, I don't know. Yeah. Probably five deep, anyway, yeah. They yeah. I mean, you never hear any of those songs anymore, though, anywhere. Glory Days. That one you still hear. Oh, yeah. That yeah. might be the biggest of the bunch still. Really? But anybody who referred to a fastball as a speedball lost credibility with me. Buddy, yeah. yeah. All right, let's go to Renee in Oregon. Hello, Renee. 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 Yeah. Just walk What's away. going on? Hey. Okay. Yeah. How's it going? Going Good. great. How are you? Good. Happy 4th of July weekend. Yeah, you yeah, too. Thank you. What I you love your for show. Oh, thanks, Renee. You I appreciate that. <laughs> Thank you. Hey, my guess is uh, God Bless the USA by Lee Greenwood. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. Number three. That I'm proud to be an American, yeah. where at least I know I'm free. And I, I used to play that on the radio, you know. Don't know if you knew that, Scott. Were you a country DJ? Yes. 1986, yes. Actually, early in my career, had him in the studio. Lee Greenwood? Yeah. Because he, he crossed over in the top 40, right? Kind of. They were working a song called It Turns Me Inside Out, which is a great song, but uh, long before this one. Nice guy? Very nice guy, yeah. That's I mean, cool. All those country guys are nice guys. Yeah. They just are. True, yes. I mean, yeah. you'll be hearing that one over the weekend. Oh, gosh, yeah. Absolute classic. All right. Who's next? Let's go to Woody in Vancouver. Woody. 
Woody. Are we on delay today? I don't know what happened. A little bit. Is Woody? Yes. Hey, guys. Love hey, your Woody. show. Mrs. Thanks, buddy. This is Woody, and I would like to wish you, your coworkers, and your listeners a very happy Independence Day. Oh, very thanks, nice. Woody. You and Woody. Mrs. Woody have a good one, too. All right. My guest, Don McLean, American Pie. Oh, yeah, buddy. Number five. Bye-bye, Miss American Pie. Drove my Chevy to the levee, but the levee was dry. You know, every time I hear this now, I think of the awful Madonna cover of it. Oh, God, I forgot about that. Is there a way you can go erase that from your brain? Because if so, let me know where I go. I don't even know if it was ever there. But, yeah, again, you're talking about a big song, a test of timer. Yeah. Fits all the criteria. Did you ever play this on the radio? I might have because I was doing other formats. Maybe. Like a classic hits type thing. I don't remember. Do they play the whole eight-minute version? Yeah, you have to. You can't edit this thing. Okay. You can't. Well, top 40 edits a lot of stuff. Yeah, but you can't edit that one. I mean, just. Okay. Yeah, that'd be tough to do that. All right. For the Friday Five, Songs with America or USA in the title. Let's go to John in Idaho. Hello, John. Hey, what's up? What's going on, buddy? I got a weird one for you. Man, this song grew grew on me because of the guitar. Okay. The The guitar riff right at the beginning. Miss America by Sticks. Yeah, dude. James Young. You love this song, Scotty. I do like this song. Yeah. I remember my brother buying that eight track, The Grand Illusion. That was one of the many great songs on The Grand Illusion. Yeah. I sound like. He always sounded like a Batman villain when he sang. Yes. You, Miss America. Didn't he sing another song, Heavy Metal Poisoning? Heavy, yeah. With that same sort of delivery? Yeah. Yeah. What the devil's going <laughs> on? It's <laughs> oh, good. Yeah. Uh, we have CD in Virginia. CD. Yo. You Yo, guys man. are great. Thanks for another adequate week. <laughs> <laughs> That's great, man. Yes. Yes. Hey, below average Joe, I call him B.A.G. Do you see the picture of him trying to plug his vent in and looking for a longer extension cord? (laughs) I haven't seen it yet. Ah, well, he's still looking for the outlet. But anyway, (laughs) I'll go with Neil Diamond and America, and uh, God bless America. Thanks, bro. Appreciate that. Okay. Are you cynical when it comes to this song, Scott? Or I do like this it? song. I do too, man. You get a little, little pride to the pattern in your heart when you hear that. It does a whole crowd thing in it. Yeah. Yeah, man, I listened to a lot of Neil Diamond records growing up. My grandma was a big Neil Diamond fan. I just remembered that. She yeah. loved that movie, Jazz Singer. Mm-hmm. That was a big deal at the time. I saw him live in concert. How was it? That was good. I mean, it was all the hits, you know. It was just one of those. It was packed. The arena was packed, and he, he nailed it. I mean, he was good. What year? you remember? That was, I want to say, 86, maybe. Oh, so he still had it going. Still, yeah. He yeah. Was, he was not just mumbling through the songs, no. He was singing them. All right. Let's go to Big John. Hello, Big John. Hey, how are you guys doing, man? I love your show. 
I listen to it religiously. Oh, oh thanks. Big John, appreciate I, that. It's going great, dude. Uh, dude, I, I tell my wife, no, i got to listen to these guys from one to three. Sorry about your luck, baby. <laughs> <laughs> hey, so so I, I, I love this part of your show, and I, I want to put a plug in for those that um, do um, karaoke. Um, Josh Turner's Long Black Train is amazing when you take Long Black Train and replace it with there's a Joe Biden train. Running down the line. <laughs> oh yeah. Okay. Anyhow, good. all all that to say, Bruce Springsteen, and I can't remember the whole title, but it's got America in it, and I can't remember it. I was going to say Lee Greenwood, but somebody else had already got that one. Okay. Were you thinking Bob Seger, American Storm? No, that's what it was. Bob Seger, American, American Storm. Storm. Okay. Yeah, all yeah. right. I got you. Yeah, yeah. man. Yeah. Boy, that was like a number one song. It's not exactly a test of terror. Is that a big hit? No, I like the song. I mean, I like it. Am I wrong? Was that not a big hit? I thought that was like a number one song. I don't think it was a big hit, but I mean, I, I, I did play it. Okay. To me, it was Hollywood Nights sideways. <laughs> you know? <laughs> oh, yeah. Wasn't that a soundtrack song, too? This one, I don't, you know, I don't know. Maybe not. Okay, I got to look that up, man. Misunderstanding was the soundtrack from Teachers. I remember playing that one. Okay. Yeah, that was not number one. I think it was number one at rock radio. That could have been. It's like a top 15 at top 40. Yeah, it never cracked the top 10. Okay, got it. All right, we're still looking for number one and two and number four. I can't believe Five. Yeah. Songs with America or USA in the title. Well, there's so many good ones, man. There are. Okay. We got to go to somebody else. Who's ready to roll? Let's go to Christine in Washington. Hey, Christine. Hi, how's it going? Happy Friday. Happy, Happy Friday. Friday to you. Yeah. I work in a school, and so it's my break. I'm on summer break. And the highlight of my summer is I can listen to your show now. Oh, cool. Um, Thanks. Yeah, anyway, um, uh, my suggestion is courtesy of the Red, White, and Blue, The Angry American by Toby Keith. Love your spirit, Christine. Yes. We'll put a boot in your ass. It's the American way. Hey, Uncle Sam, put your name at the top of his list. And the Statue of Liberty started shaking her fist. And the eagle will fly. You had a fireworks show, and that comes on, man. It feels good. Well, from the opening salvo, man. <laughs> yes. Put a boot in your ass. <laughs> That's great. Good stuff. Okay. Give the numbers 210-619-2053. It's the Friday Five. Songs with America or USA in the title. Yeah. So, yeah, we'll reset and we'll get to uh, number one, number two, and number four uh, coming up in just a few. All on the way. Oh, yeah. Well, and it, there's a bunch of honorable mentions there, too, that we got to get to. I mean, you can't forget your Kid Rock. Kid Rock's got to be a part of this countdown, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah. All right, we'll wrap it up in just a few right here. The Markley Van Camp and Robbins Show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp. He's on vacation. There's Scott Robbins. Got the Scott Robbins trifecta coming up in about 15 minutes and the news update. But we got to finish up the Friday Five heading into Fourth of July weekend. Greatest songs of all time with America or USA in the title. Well, there's Kid Rock. That's a good honorable mention right there. 
Yeah, they have to have the I radio. I like that, yeah. Yeah, um, had a lot of great honorable mentions. And so far in the top five, we've had God Bless the USA from Lee Greenwood at number three. And Don McClain, American Pie at number five. Looking for number one, number two, and number four. And again, the number is 210-619-2053. Let's go to Donald in Washington. Let me out. Donald, what's up? Good afternoon, boys. This is Donald J. Trump, the 45th and 47th president of the United States. Thanks for checking in. I know you're busy. I know it's been a while since I called, but I have not been in jail. I've been golfing and enjoying beautiful freedom of the United States. That's great, man. We're happy for you. My song today is one of my all-time favorite things in the world. Probably I love it more than women and and golf and money is the beautiful American girl by Tom Petty. <laughs> Number four. She was an American girl. All right. Well, it was Scott, you've always been the biggest Tom Petty fan I know. Yeah. I love Tom Petty, yes. Is this in your top five Tom Petty songs? You know, it probably is. I mean, it is. Yeah. I mean, usually I'm, I'm a little more obscure with my favorites because I don't hear them as much, but I can hear this every day. It's a great song, man. It, it is really a great is. song. No doubt about bow, it. Bow, bow. Yeah. I just want to hear the whole thing. It's like, I know, me too. I'll, yeah. Later today, I will be. Uh, let's go to Johnny in Salina. Johnny! Happy Friday, brothers! <laughs> Happy Friday to you! And you, you guys got to get your schedule down, man. It's really yeah. hard to stock three guys when you keep missing days during the week. Yeah, please correct that, all right? Yeah. Stupid vacation. You know, I know. I, it, it costs a lot of money to follow you guys around. It's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> My, let's. I'm going to go with a good pick today, I believe. A man okay. that has uh, much in common with yours truly, a penchant for flair, you could say. Yeah. I'm the king of the room. He's the king of soul. James <laughs> Brown, man. Living yes. Absolutely, Johnny. Good job. Get back. Here's myself. <laughs> The best thing about James Brown is your chair dance that you have going. Uh, it's just a fun song. Love that. All right, Chris and Oregon up next. Okay. Hey, Chris. Okay, never mind. I'm gonna... Chris, hello? Oh, Chris. Chris. Hello. Chris. Yeah, hi. Yes. What you got, buddy? It's... Well, um, God Bless America was taken. I guess we'll go back a little bit before my time. Uh, Beach Boys, Surfing USA. Oh, yeah, man, I love this song. Oh, you're making fun. I like this song. Why did you just mock it? I didn't. You did. I like the Beach Boys. You were mocking. I was starting to enjoy your, you crossed your eyes. Well, just because you were jumping out of your skin when you started. So it's just it a fun song, It man. is a fun song. I agree. Yeah, that's good stuff. All right, Julie's up next. Julie, uh, are you saying that you're calling from the good part of Oregon? Yes, not the Portland area. Oh, <laughs> our poor friends in Portland. Wow. Closer to the Idaho side, yeah. Yes, I understand. Thanks for checking in. What are you thinking today? Uh, I'm going to go with American Woman. Yeah, great song. Wow, Julie, you're going to have a great four-day weekend. Number one. American Woman. 
Robbins, are you going to do a little karaoke with this and sing along? You used to. <laughs> I think that's one of the great rock voices ever. Bert coming. Yeah. Go ahead. Woman! <laughs> what kind of woman is it? American <laughs> That's good. That's good stuff. Randy yeah, Bachman on the guitar. Yes, yeah, it is. That's good. All right. Owen in Oregon's up next. Hello, Owen. Hey, how's it going? Good, Great, man. man. Thanks got? for checking in. Yeah, I love you guys' show. Thanks for thanks for accepting my call. Um, the song I was going to pick was uh, Grand Funk Railroad by, or sorry, We're an American Band by Grand Funk Railroad. Yes. yes. Number two. Good job, Owen. And there you have it. Guess who at one? Grand Funk at two. Lee Greenwood at three. Tom Petty at four. Don McLean at five. And the ton of honorable mentions that we would never have time to get to all of them. Good stuff, man. This song, I love this song. Yeah. You know what? You know, could have made it. It was close, but just didn't. What's that? an honorable mention. Yeah. Melonhead. Yeah. There's a bunch, man. I mean, this could have been an hour. This is the Barkley Van Camp and Robin Show. Okay, biggest story of the day, Scott. Well, I think it's got to be Supreme Court. Supreme Court decisions, a couple of them. The big one, of course, being... They uh, disagree that we should have to pay off somebody else's student loans. They said, no, six to three vote. Yeah. And one of the interesting things is in the decision, the chief justice quotes Nancy Pelosi from 2021. Yeah. Which is hilarious. Yeah. When she said that the president has no ability to do that. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, So we will get to that. Also, Winsome Sears, lieutenant governor Mm -hmm. of Virginia. Did you hear what she had to say about the Supreme Court's decision yesterday about affirmative action college? I have not. You need to hear it. Okay. It's fantastic. That and the Scott Robbins trifecta straight ahead right here. Yep. The Markley Van Camp and Robbins Show. I'm Jamie Markley, the Gen Xer, the millennial David Van Camp, on vacation, the sexy boomer Scott Robbins. All ready to roll with the Scott Robbins trifecta. Yep. And just a couple. You mentioned the big story of the day, Supreme Court decision. Yeah. For a couple days in a row now. But today was about yeah. the student loan forgiveness. Supreme Court said no. Well. Which was predicted. Rightfully so. I mean, the Supreme Court used, you know, not only the law, but also just common sense to approach this and go, well, you, the borrower, if you took out the loan, then you, the borrower, must pay the loan back. That doesn't make any sense. That's how things work in this country. And now you have the left saying, oh, it's just so unfair, the radical court. Right. Blah, blah, blah. But the chief justice, in the decision, quoted Nancy Pelosi. Which he should have, because she's the one that said it. Biden has no authority to do this. She said it in 2021. Yeah. When you had the far left part of the Democratic Party saying Joe Biden's got to do more as far as student loan forgiveness. Right. He must. He's got to go sell it to Congress. And so people were hitting up Nancy Pelosi. Yeah, what about this? And she said he can't. I I don't even like to call it forgiveness because that implies a transgression. It's not to be forgiven. Get just freeing people from those obligations. The president can't do it. So that's not even a discussion. Oh. That not everybody realizes that. But even take it on top of that, suppose your family was not 
your child just decided they want to at this time. It takes her a while to get it out. Good but Lord, she, yes. One of the rare occurrences, she's going to make common sense here. But go ahead. Suppose your family was not. Yeah. Your child just decided they want to, at this time, not want to go to college, but you're paying taxes to forgive somebody else's uh, uh, obligations. You may not be happy about that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you may not be. Well, we're not. Well, thank you for that from two years ago. Yeah. Yes. And that was used in the opinion piece, the majority opinion. So Loved it. there you go. Um, and of course, there's still a lot of people totally ticked off about the decision yesterday when it came to, you know, college admissions and affirmative action. And you had the dissenters, including um, <laughs> Justice Jackson, um, glass ceiling breaker, saying, with let them eat cake obliviousness today, the majority pulls the ripcord and announces colorblindness for all by legal fiat. By deeming race irrelevant in law does not make it so in life. So it was she and Justice Sotomayor outraged by the decision. Mm -hmm. Sotomayor said the opinion today will highlight the court's own impetus in the face of America who cries for equality. What would you say to these justices? (laughs) Again, it was racist to say, you know what, we got too many Asian Americans here at Harvard. Okay, so 25%, you can't come here, but we need 10% of blacks. And even if, well, skills-wise, they're not qualified, we need them here because we want them here. It makes us feel better about ourselves. Well, it's also racist to think they're not smart enough to do it themselves. It is very much so. That's really racist, yeah. And so Winsome Sears, who is such an incredible story, lieutenant governor of Virginia. Mm-hmm. She's a Marine. Yep. Jamaican-American. Yep. Um, was asked about this on Fox. Like, what would you say to Sotomayor or Katinji Brown-Jackson? And this is what she had to say. Well, what you have is a justice who was chosen because she's black and because she's a woman. Uh, You know, that's what we're understanding now, what a woman is. And Martha, while we're playing these stupid games, (laughs) I'm saying that education and the lack of it in America is risen to a national crisis. China is not playing these stupid games. China is interested in total world domination, and so is Russia and the rest of them. That's what we have to be concerned about. Our children are not learning. And in fact, when they do graduate from high school and decide to go on to college, Martha, more than 60% of them, according to the statistics, need remedial education that very first year. So you know- And why is that? Because they just get shuffled through. Oh, yeah. All over the place. Why? What, so people can feel better about themselves? Well, they graduated. Yeah, but they didn't learn. But you get tax dollars or uh, whatever yeah. funding based on the graduation rate. It's unbelievable. So she goes on. But you know how uh, the president is talking about getting rid of student loans? Well, then the children are having to stay one extra year in college based on loans that they've taken for mm-hmm. work that they should have completed when they were in high school. Mm-hmm. So. Let's cut that and let's get to what the remedies are. And I'm pulling for school choice, school choice now. Our children are in need. Oh, but they don't like that on the left. Mm -hmm. School choice because of the teachers unions. Mm -hmm. And around and around it goes. Yeah. All right. You ready for your big three, Scotty? Let's go. Let's do it. Are you ready? One, two, three. Buckle my shoe. 
It's the three most important news stories of the day. I hit the trifecta. Well, at least according to Scott Robbins. It's the trifecta on the Markley Van Camp and Robbins Show. Every day about this time, the Scott Robbins top three stories of the day. And helping him as always with the countdown. I'm Casey Casey. Hey, Casey. <laughs> Got a big weekend coming up, buddy. I just saved a spot for you. Big 4th of July celebration. Got you. Okay. I'll see I'm you then. ready. All right. Good. <laughs> three. Uh, yeah, the United States, here are the five most insane ways the United States-Ukraine aid is being misrepresented. Oh. The United States Agency for the International Development sent $4.5 billion to the Ukraine through the World Bank. That's earmarked toward paying down the Ukrainian government's debt and funding pensions for their employees. Yes. Ours is going broke. Not to worry, though. We're going to pay their pensions. They spent $3 million to the World Health Organization to assist drought-affected areas in Ethiopia. This was partially funded by the Ukraine funds. The Fed sent $7.6 million to fund emergency nutrition response in Kenya. Again, paid for with earmarked Ukrainian money. The Pentagon gave $4.25 million contract to a diving company, that was labeled a fraudulent company by a member of the Senate Armed Services Committee. They gave him $4.2 million. Here you go. Later to find out they don't exist. And it's, we don't know where the weapons are. It's the human fund all over again from Seinfeld. Yes. <laughs> Since February 2020, they've doled out $20 million in miscellaneous foreign awardees, reportedly including seemingly unrelated to the war, such as Polish think tanks, called the Kazmir Pulaski <laughs> Foundation and the Toronto-based Ukrainian TV channel. Add this, that's just the tip of the iceberg, by the way. They have all kinds of people now digging around going, where's this freaking money going? Yes. And we'll probably never know. Yeah, no, we won't. I just thought I'd bring that to your attention. Have a good weekend, everybody. Yeah. The Russians have feelings also. Well, I know, but we can't give money to everybody, Casey. Golly, man. We're getting closer and closer to number one. Yeah, it's the Scott Robbins trifecta, top three of the day, up to number two. Yeah, Michigan House passes a bill making wrong pronouns a felony, findable up to ten grand. Where? Michigan. The State House of Representatives there passed a bill, HB 4474, a piece of legislation that criminalizes causing someone to feel threatened by your words. Oh, goodness. Under the new bill, offenders are guilty of felony punishment. Could be in prison for five years. Add that to a fine of at least $10,000. Intimidate means willful course of conduct involving repeated or continuing harassment of another individual that could cause it reasonable a reasonable individual to feel targeted and frightened. Okay, hold on. Yes. <laughs> Someone that's pretending to be the opposite sex. Well, yeah. And then the word reasonable. Yes. That, okay. Of course. Yeah, this makes no sense. Gender identity or expression means having or being perceived as having a gender-related self-identity or expression, whether or not associated with the individual's sex at birth. So, in other words... Call them by their pronoun, or you're going to jail. Play pretend. That's it. Or you're in trouble. Lawfully doing this. Wow. And by the way, it passed the House. All she has to do is sign it now. Whitmer, second worst governor in the world. Who's first? In my mind, J.B. Pritzker. But you got Newsom in there, too. 
Wow, that's a tough competition. Yeah, I know. I don't know if you can make Pritzker King that easy with all the others out there. That's true. But it is your bit. It it's, is the it's, trifecta. Well, it's my personal hatred of him yeah, as well. So. Now, on with the countdown. Yeah, got you, Casey. It's the Scott Robbins trifecta. Up to number one. Robert Reich. Remember that guy? The little midgety guy? That guy? <laughs> Remember him? With the beard? With the weird beard? He looks like an elf? Commentator? Yeah. Yeah. Elfish looking yes. character? Yes. He Always wrote, with bad takes? Terrible. Here's his new one. This is, has to do with the latest decision that came down about student loan debt. Yeah. He said, let me get this straight. Students getting relief from onerous debt is unconstitutional. But justices secretly getting hundreds of thousands or even millions in gifts, vacations, and free housing and education for their family members, well, that's fine. Hello? Apparently, judges are not allowed to go on vacations with lifelong friends unless people are not required to pay the loan payments they agreed to pay when they went to college. That makes total sense, doesn't it? So he's trying to ding Clarence Thomas there. Sure. By the way, did you watch some of the morning news shows today from Legacy Media? I know you usually do. Yeah. Did you notice when they're talking about this decision, uh, no one quoted Clarence Thomas? At I did that notice I that. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know if he, I guess he offered an opinion. I don't know. He did. It okay. was incredible. Yeah. I but they'll never that. tell that side no. of that story. You know, I want to tell these people all the time, like today, I mean, there's a thing called the House of Representatives. That's where all the spending bills originate. The executive branch can't spend any money without legislation. This is ironclad. This is part of America. This is the politics of America. I understand. Equal representation. But people have been trained to say, not fair, racist. Biden, by the wave of his hand and his pen, cannot sign this in the law and cannot make people do it without first going through Congress. Agreed. And there you have it. Dang, this isn't hard. The Scott Robbins trifecta, top three, every day at this time. Well done, sir. Okay. It's really been an honor for me. Oh, hey, see you this weekend, bud. Mm. Goodbye. Yeah, goodbye. Thanks, Casey. All right, news update and Nimrod's in the news. Straight ahead. The Markley, Dan Camp, and Robin Show. Thank you so much for being here. I'm Jamie Markley. David Van Camp on vacation. There's the sexy boomer, Scott Robbins. Man, I just saw a wild story. You know, the news cycle. It's always stuff popping up, right? Mm-hmm. And there'll be a story that's really hot for a while, and it sort of just fades away. But it could still be a big issue. That's the border. People are still pouring across the border. Yeah, you know, that's really been lost in the shuffle here of this latest news cycle, too, hasn't it? It has. Yeah. I happened to see this story at Daily Wire. It was an interview. Uh, it was done by Spencer Lindquist, a guy named Wyatt Watson. And I'll just read from part of the story, so I want to see your reaction. Wyatt Watson's stories might be unbelievable, if it weren't for the bullet mark on his windshield, the Texas native's conscience just wouldn't let him have a relaxing retirement. As story is told, instead of donning a Hawaiian shirt and flip-flops at a coastal resort, the 66-year-old opted for a bulletproof vest and a pair of boots. Much more appropriate attire for his nightly patrols on the banks of the Rio Grande, Jeez. where he intercepts and repels illegal immigrants. Just a private citizen. Wow. He said, my time is running out. I'm 66 years old. My window's closing fast. I want to feel like my life mattered. He's not a member of the Border Patrol, but it doesn't stop him and up to 50 volunteers from patrolling the border themselves. Yeah. He and those who volunteer alongside him have worked in conjunction with authorities, take time to learn from their strategies, 
And then he noted that members of law enforcement have repeatedly thanked them for their work. They don't have enough staff. Wow. Their operation has largely been successful. Watson told the Daily Wire that he and his volunteers have turned back roughly 5,000 illegal immigrants and detained 598 who were handed over to Border Patrol. Wow. But he said, yeah, defending the southern border is an easy way to make dangerous enemies, especially when it gets in the way of the cartel's preferred ways of making money mm-hmm. by smuggling drugs and people. He said, I guess I pissed someone off. <laughs> Where you could see the bullet, you know, that had gone into the windshield of his truck. Wow, man. Of course, now that this is out there, you wonder. Somebody going to come down and say, oh, you can't do this. Oh, anymore. sure they are. Yeah. It's you would imagine it's illegal. It's that that's going to happen. You know, I, I just every time I hear about a story like this, so I just can't believe we're at this place where people have to take it up themselves. Yes. To protect their, their property and their livelihood and their families and friends. And, and it's in some ways the country, the country. It's amazing to me. That's just allowed to happen. Yes. Nobody's doing anything about it. Well, nobody wants again, to do anything about it. If you're not in one of these towns that's affected all the time. Yeah. Again, it'll be in the news cycle for a while and then it's gone. I mean, and even conservative media, let alone legacy media. But yeah, that problem is definitely still yeah, out when there. When it's not your problem, it's easy to take shots on social media. Everybody deserves a chance and treat them with decency and respect. It's not happening to you. you. Well, yeah. You want to make room at your place? Yeah. Uh, no. Well, no. Uh, yeah, exactly. I right. get money. Okay. All right. <laughs> Let's get to Nimrods. Roll it out. When the going gets tough. Damn it, this is too hard. The dumb get dumber. All right, Dan. It's Nimrods in the news on the Martley, Van Camp, and Robbins show. I love the poorly educated. All right. Nimrods in the news. Man, this is a little scary. Uh, they say it's the first 4th of July related crime of the year. Um, someone tossed a firework into a silent disco event uh, in the L.A. area a couple of weeks ago. What is a silent disco event? It's like a dance party. There's no music being played on speakers. So people are just wearing LED wireless headphones. Oh, weirdos. <laughs> You've never seen any of those before? No. Yeah. Golly. It's interesting because you walk up before you put headphones on and you see people like gyrating around or whatever, but there's no music. It's very odd. Jeez. Anyway, a uh, guy pulled out the firework, lit it, threw it in the crowd. And luckily, no one was had any life-threatening injuries, but people did get injured. They're still looking for this guy. Jeez. Just awful. And then, I guess on a lighter note, someone small town near Akron, Ohio, called 911. They saw hair sticking out. From the trunk of somebody's car. <laughs> like, oh, no. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Like, it's not Halloween time. What is this? They're like, is somebody in there? So the person that called 911 was a little freaked out. Cops figured out where the owner lived, knocked on the door. That's Toria Townsend. She was confused and then realized, oh, I just got my hair done. I wear a wig sometimes. I had thrown it in the oh, trunk and slammed it. <laughs> Everybody was all yeah. right. Cops like, well, you got to come see this. <laughs> right. And that's Nimrod's in the news.